You're listening to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast, a comfy, cozy place for private practice introverts, highly sensitive therapists, and solopreneurs who help and heal. This is the place for practical, nature-based, magical support for your business and life. there and welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. I'm your host, Cindy. Here in episode 63, I'm going to continue my conversation with Dr. Shannon South, where she covers the seven subconscious survival traps. Now on to our conversation. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. I'm joined again with Dr. Shannon South, therapist, author, and trainer. Uh, Last week, we talked about how to heal your way to success, and this week, we're going to be continuing that conversation and touching on the seven subconscious survival traps. So welcome back, Shannon. Thank you. So happy to be here again. This is so much fun to be with you. (laughs) Oh, I know. I've really enjoyed our conversation, and I'm excited to hear what these are to see if, I mean, I'm sure I've been guilty of all of them. There's probably a reason why there are these survival traps. (laughs) Haven't we all? (laughs) We're always teaching what we're learning, aren't we? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. Yeah. If you want to maybe, um, because I know the previous episode, if people want to hear more about Shannon's story about how uh, she got into these topics and um, go back and listen to that. But yeah, just briefly, maybe introduce yourself to the audience again. Yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, I've been doing therapy for over 25 years and I went and got my doctorate in spiritual psychology after a healing experience. And I wanted to learn more. I wanted more from my clients than just regular old clinical therapy, which is fabulous. I don't not nothing wrong with that, but I wanted more. I wanted people to really have access to their higher self or their higher power, whatever you call that. And so then I went to study spiritual psychology for years and I've been teaching and training on that and working with clients. Um, and I just love it. I love the process of healing. I love the process of healing our way to success and joy. And it's a big part of my journey. And I love watching my clients. I mean, I've seen so many amazing people just come out of their subconscious survival traps and into just soar into success and joy. You know, I was a, I had a, a medical professional with confidential, you know, we'll, we, won't, we won't tell many details here, but she was struggling with a lot of anxiety and panic and depression. And um, we went through this inner counsel process I was telling you about in the last episode. And she recognized that she put her needs last mm-hmm. and uh, it was chronic like this chronic issue of putting her needs last over and over again which created a lot of anxiety she was always people pleasing always trying to make everybody else feel good and this inside this wacky pattern of survival which had helped her survive for all these years had turned into something that was really creating anxiety for her she couldn't take care of herself she couldn't step into her power and really navigate the next level of her journey with this you know pattern in tow so when we did this inner work, she started feeling better. She started feeling, being able to self-soothe more. She started being able to like really feel her power and set boundaries, be more assertive, be more clear about what she needed. And her panic began to decrease and her anxiety began to decrease. And about three months later, she attracted her dream job and was able to move into a private practice and she tripled her income and she just became like this, these things that she had wanted by doing a lot of her inner healing. So it was just so 
powerful to watch. And like I was saying to you last time, you know, I felt like she did her inner work and the universe conspired in her favor to create some more opportunities for her that were more in alignment with her new self. Oh, absolutely. That was so cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So it's inspiring to do this work. Yeah, I bet so. Now I'm curious, what's this first survival oh, trap? Yes. <laughs> so my favorite survival trap, which has been my trap, not my go-to trap, is the fear trap. Mm-hmm. And we know that anxiety and fear get in our way of, you know, so many things. And especially when it gets, you know, it constricts us, you know, and it constricts us in so many ways. It constricts us through self-doubt, which really gets in our way of success and joy. We begin to doubt ourselves. We begin to doubt our ability to create uh, the inspirations that we have for our lives. We begin to doubt um, just our innate capacity to do anything um, when we have anxiety. And then we just swirl. <laughs> you know, what if, what if, what if <laughs> we get really lost in catastrophizing? It's really paralyzing, very painful. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You mentioned paralyzing. And that's what I imagine with fear. You're just going around in circles and not taking action on anything because you're scared. Absolutely. And you're really, it's like, I feel like it's that when you're really in severe anxiety, it's like swatting fleas. There's just this constant management and worry about worry, worry Mm -hmm. about fear. So, you know, moving out of that trap and into more empowerment and joy is this major up level, right? And and, and healing that fear trap because fear is going to be around. We're not getting rid of fear, right? Mm -hmm. But how to heal that trap and really move out of it is key for having more success and joy. There's just no way around it. We can't let that run the show or it will, we just aren't effective. We just mm-hmm. aren't yeah. Yeah. Cause you mentioned there's no way of getting rid of fear. I mean, there, there's lots of things to be fearful from. So is it more about managing your relationship to fear? Well, thank you for saying that. I always say it's your relationship to what is not what is that's the problem and the solution. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when we change our relationship to fear, we change. And so when we're less afraid of fear, when we're more empowered, when we know that fear is just a, you know, we're not fear, that's not our identity, mm-hmm. then we change our relationship with it and our higher self kicks in, our higher power, and then we're able to move out of it, you know, and really train our brain. Fear, getting out of the fear trap is a brain training experience, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because those old patterns are there really trying to help us and keep us alive. And um, we have to train our way out of them, which is awesome. We can. So that's your trap. And there's a lot more to it. You can take my quiz. The seven survival traps.com is the quiz uh, URL. If anybody wants to take it, it's really interesting and insightful because you'll find your primary trap and you'll be like, oh, that's, that's totally me. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely have to take that. Check it out. Yeah. Check it out. As we go through these, I'm going to make notes and see what I think my primary one is. And then I'll take the quiz and see if I'm right. (laughs) Oh, that would be fun. Do that. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, So the one I see a lot with therapists and counselors, um, when I do a lot of trainings with them and coaches, the perfectionist trap. It's a trap mm. too. And, yeah. Oh my gosh. It is just the bar is always getting higher. You know, it's always can't ever meet my mark, you know, and this inner critic is just so loud. And with the perfectionist, there's always these rules and roles that have to be followed, right? That are so intense and get so rigid at times. And it just exhausts the person, right? Because mm-hmm. there's so much inner drive. So it can be really great on that end. But the downside is that it's just this always never reaching place. So mm-hmm. it's really hard to feel satiated and really um, um, whole and happy 
because there's always these leaping bars that the perfectionist is trying to leap just to uh, have to identify. You know, always I used to teach uh, the perfectionist cycle and the self-love cycle, and they're total opposite cycles. You know, the perfectionist cycle will wear you out, whereas the self-love cycle is really what it's about. Mm-hmm. And so moving off the perfectionist cycle and onto the self-love cycle is really the key to healing that one because when we're loving the self, we're not putting ourselves through such rigidity and rules and roles, and we're not identifying with that part as much. And that's that's huge. Yeah. That's huge. Mm-hmm. So perfectionism, a lot of counselors fall into this. And I find that fascinating because um, we probably become emotional perfectionists, you know? Yes. <laughs> and that's okay. You know, it works to a point and then it just doesn't work anymore. You know, it just really gets in our way. Uh, so the perfectionist trap, that's one of the other traps. Um, trap number three is the depression trap. Uh, depression, and, and that can be burnout as well as grief and loss, you know, live there. Um, so it's hard to distinguish some of those, but like true depression, when you're in the true depression trap, you know, I always say people have just lost their sense of value. They've, they've lost who they are. And so when they, they don't feel valuable themselves, you know, my uh, teacher, Dr. Norman Sheely used to say, self-neglect is one of the number one reasons of depression. And so underlying all that is this sense of I'm not valuable and therefore I have nothing of value to offer. Mm-hmm. And so talk about a setup. I mean, who wants to get up in the morning with that, right? Yeah. I'm valuable. And then I don't have anything to offer this of value. I'm going to be, I'm depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really sad. It's a really sticky uh, trap. But the good news is we can really get in there and help people get to that sense of where that they lost the value in themselves. And often depression is trying to really pull that calling. What's your calling out? You know, like those soul longings. Like what does your soul long for besides what you were conditioned? to do. Yeah. I think we're really conditioned at least in, um, in this day and time is, I don't know. I think of it as like achieving and more, 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 and this performative, and that's not, um, that's not, it may be a few people's callings. It may feel really good to achieve and, uh, but sometimes, I mean, I believe some people's purpose here in life is just to be like, you don't have to do. And I think that's where you can get caught up in that trap is if you don't really fit in with this main, um, the main expectation of society. I mean, a few people will, cause that might be their purpose, but so many people don't. And then you can feel like, you know, you don't fit in or that you're not of value. Uh, that is so beautifully said, you know, that, uh, our culture and what's valued. Mm-hmm. Um, the depression trap, the depressed person has to find their self-value and what they're really here to do mm-hmm. to break out of that trap. Um, and so if they're here to uh, be a forest ranger, you know, and that mm-hmm. that's what their heart sing, then that's the key to their, you know, depression lifting and get yeah. out in the woods, right? You know, and mm-hmm. help those animals and tend to the land or whatever, right? That that's really important. You know, that's why we look up to these saints and these people you know, St. Francis, who's out just praying and tending to the animals was, you know, people like that. It's like these people who have followed their callings in whatever way that looks, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's really powerful. So that's the depression trap. And yeah. it's really important to look deeper, right? And those, uh, and like you said, look at the culture you come from and the pressures there and what you feel like you should do for what is instead of what really lights you up. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> um, next trap is the drama trap. Um, and you, you remember Cartman's triangle, you know, the drama trap, the victim, the persecutor, and the rescuer. Do you remember that, uh, that triangle? Oh, yeah, I think so. About in school. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of that's based on this. You know, we get into, I, I studied archetypes in my, um, in my spiritual psychology training, but we get into those archetypes, those energy patterns of the victim or with the persecutor like when we're blaming others, the victim is of course like poor me, poor me, why me, why me, you know, the persecutors more the, you're the problem out there's the problem. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the rescuer, which a lot of therapists and coaches get lost in is I can control change or coerce you to be who I need you to be. Mm -hmm. um, You get better or whatever. And that is an addictive behavior as well. That's codependency, right? Yes. (laughs) So that's the drama trap. And that just has such an external focus of control. And such a, it just has such a, it is such a powerless place to be. That's the sadness of the drama trap is anytime we're stuck in those victim, persecutor or rescuer roles, we're really not in our power at all. And so how do we learn how to step out of, off the drama triangle and into what I call the circle of strength so that we can mm-hmm. ignite those parts of us that want to have power in the world instead of just drama. Um, yes. Because we're misusing our power somewhere there big time. Um mm-hmm. So drama is painful and we've all done it. You know, I used to be the flaming codependent in my younger days where I could just control this person to be, I wanted to make sure I could learn all my counseling tools so then they, they could be what I needed them to be. That is such a setup. Oh <laughs> yeah. my gosh. I just feel like the most powerless, helpless person again and again. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we got to rewire that sucker, don't we? And bring it back into our own selves and get off that drama trap. Because if you if you play one of those roles, you end up playing them all. You feel yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like you mentioned, the rescuer um, a part can really play into therapists because we want to help and to make people feel better. And if we just had the right tools or the right approach, maybe this person would um, would get better. And sometimes you can have everything that you need, but it might not be the right time or the right fit or the, and sometimes as therapists, we can feel like there's something that we're missing out on or something that we're doing wrong. Yep. You got it. You got it. It's my teacher used to say, she would say when uh, the one that taught me the inner counsel process, she said, you give them the flashlight. You don't hold it for them. You take them through their own inner journey. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you, you know, you can't find it for them. And yeah. that's why she named her process the inner counselor, because it's like <laughs> the answers are in there. You just got to know how to get them to them, right? And line them up with that. So, yeah, because uh, yeah, if we're trying to outside in that job, you know, that works to a point and then it just, it falls flat. The person yeah. can't really find their own inner, inner healer. Mm-hmm. So the drama trap, drama trap, that's a beware, right? Yeah. <laughs> the other one you were mentioning earlier in the other podcast, uh, I call it the black, black hole, never enough trap. So that's another one. And that's the bright, shiny object syndrome. That's growing up in the eighties, you know, <laughs> just <laughs> there's never enough, never enough, you know, this fast food era, you know, just get it fast. And this is going to fix everything. And then this whole, just overdoing just this input, addiction that we have um, and never feeling satiated and calm and whole. Um, that's the never enough trap. Um, and, you know, clients of mine that I see in that trap and I've been in it myself in the periods of time in my life when I've been super stressed, just trying to do more and be more and have more thinking that'll do it. And yeah. you just pop out, you know, you're sick, get sick or something, you know? Um, 
it doesn't, you find out the hard way, it doesn't work. So um, yeah, I've talked to so many people where they, they will say, oh, when this happens, I'll be happier. Or when I reach this goal, things will change or when this, then that, and it doesn't happen. Like it's, uh, if you're feeling some sort of way and you haven't worked on yourself, um, when you're at like $30,000 a year, you know, just using like, oh, once I reach a hundred thousand dollars a year, this might like my life is going to be so much better. I'm, and it isn't always That's right. That's exactly the solution, right. you know? So it's, uh, or once I, you know, get this degree or once I get this training or whatever it is, things will be different. And it's not always the solution. Like we've talked about before. I think the solutions come within, not from these external milestones. Absolutely. I, I, I don't call it this, but Eckhart Tolle calls it this, the ego drives versus the more conscious manifesting, you know, and mm-hmm. I like, I do my heal my heal your way to success. You know, I'm trying to help people manifest from their more awakened self that actually meets their needs more deeply as opposed to just plugging it into whatever they think their ego needs, right? Like, yeah. you know, it's like blah, blah, more and more, <laughs> you know, we've all done it, you know? Uh, and like, uh, it's just, it's an empty, it's the white bread syndrome that we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah. This is not really nurturing. It's just doing a lot of doing instead of mm-hmm. being discerning. So that's that, that's that trap. Yeah. Um, Another trap we haven't talked about is the spiritual bypass trap. Um, and this is a big one that we've seen in the last few years, especially with the pandemic um, and also with the politics and all this other stuff going on. Um, and it's really um, when we're neglecting our own needs for some other big movement um, or allowing spiritual platitudes to um, overtake our good common sense. So it's like, um, you know, the, the thought of, I don't have to go date, uh, I'll, somebody will show up at my doorstep, God will bring them, <laughs> or, you know, or I don't, you know, I don't have to get a job, uh, the money will show, or um, I don't have to care for my business because uh, there's a plan that'll work itself out. Um, so it's like we're neglecting maybe the minutia things or the harder things in hopes of living in some, my astrology says, or whatever, you know, it can be used, anything can be used as a spiritual platitude, yeah. uh, conspiracy movement, you know, all these things. And then we get lost in those and placate the reality. Um, and we're not dealing with the fullness of, you know, I love this, I love the saying, the spiritual bypass tra- bypass trap is focusing only on the uh, flowers in the garden, but not the weeds. Yes. <laughs> We're going to de-weed, you know, I hate that. I had a garden one time. That is so boring. And sometimes (laughs) it can be therapeutic, but it's just like, oh, I got to go pull weeds again, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's part of the journey, right? Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Cause I think a lot of these things can work in tandem with one another. It's not sitting back and saying, my astrology says, so this is going to happen versus knowing what your astrology says and working with it and taking action in your life to help support that. It's a, that's like you rowing the boat and then the universe taking you down the right waterway, you mm-hmm. know, got a pal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the spiritual bypass trap. And um, unfortunately, I had lost a few friends that fell in that trap over the last few years. It was very sad, but um, they uh, hope they recover. <laughs> hope they yeah. come out, <laughs> come out with not too much damage, too much collateral damage. Um, and then we haven't talked about 
the confusion or playing small trap. I think that's our last one. Um, and this is a survival trap that um, keeps us away from our intuition um, and our sense of personal knowing. You know, I always say, what does your mind say? What does your fear say? What does your knowing say? And with the confusion trap, like you're knowing, you may know something. You may like, no, I really want to play baseball. Mm-hmm. But you're like, oh, well, maybe I could really get by with working in the lab because that'll make me more money. Or maybe I could. Lull up. So like you confuse yourself just because of what people have told you or you should do or whatever. And you play small, but you, you don't really honor and support your own knowings. And you may ask a thousand people, what should I do? What should I do? But it's really, um, it's really, you know, and it may have helped you survive. You know, like I think about a client of mine who she would go into confusion and playing small because her older brother used to bully her. And so that worked for her. Like if she was strong and in her knowing, you'd, she'd get bullied more. So she better make herself small and confuse herself, right? Because that helped her not get in the way of his, the wrath of her older brother. So it was brilliant. So I said, way to go. Gosh, your system figured that out. That's awesome. But then now she doesn't know herself. Yeah. She's like, I don't know who I am. So the confusion's playing small trap really, uh, really just kind of makes everything um, muddled out of trying to survive, right? Just muddle everything up and try to just uh, confuse myself. <laughs> and, you know, really learning to trust that inner knowing is really the way out of that trap. And then mm-hmm. take had the courage to take action on it um, and heal those parts that were trying to protect you because they did their best. They did their best to help you by confusing you um, and getting you lost in that chaos and that becoming your identity out of survival. Yeah. Yeah. Out of all these that you've mentioned, I'm thinking about this last one really resonated with me like earlier in my life. And I don't know if it's connected to me being an Enneagram nine because nines really are, they can sometimes struggle with trusting their intuition and knowing themselves or having opinions and even realizing what those opinions are. And they do stay small because there is this avoidance of conflict and not really wanting to stand in your power. Um, And I think that this is something that I've really worked on. And I know over the past few years, I've gotten so much better about having opinions and trusting my intuition. And so I'm trying to think of the other ones, because like I said, I'm going to take this quiz and see which one it says, but (laughs) definitely this one resonates with me. I know that I have fallen into the shiny object syndrome one at some points, just thinking that there's something else out there or that I need more of this in order to be successful. And like you said, I think we all, uh, or most people might struggle from the perfection one. I think I've overcome that a little bit, Um, but those are the ones that are kind of standing out. So we'll see what my quiz says. I'm excited to take that. (laughs) Please let me know. I want to hear what you find out because we usually have a primary one and then we have a secondary one. Mm -hmm. Um, And we may even experience the other ones. They haven't been like our primary go-to when we get under stress, you know, Mm -hmm. we often have one that's like our one of our just where we go under stress. And you're right, mm-hmm. like the nine, the peacemaker tends to kind of if they pull back and just blend in just to kind of survive, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. just to make sure the peace is is maintained, you know. And so really coming out and being of color, being colorful, like your yes. hair, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is part of the healing, right? It's just really showing up in that brave, 
courageous way with your heart. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. For those listening, I have red hair now, so it's, it's really fun. <laughs> And cool glasses too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And my glasses are like my favorite color of blue. So they're this like turquoisey, like bright blue color. <laughs> Very unmuted. That's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to comment on for, you know, about these survival traps? Yeah. So often we won't know exactly how they're operating till we really dive a little deeper. We won't really know the consequences of how much pain because we're either in denial or there may be some minimizing or um, ways that we, we deny the trap within us. And so that's another beautiful piece of work is what we talked about in the other podcast was honoring the truth, right? About how this affects us and then what we really need to break out of it so that we can step into and become the person that we want to be for more success and joy. So mm -hmm. that's really a, a beautiful journey. It can be very scary and it can be very awesome, but that, that ability to dive deep and really get to those deeper patterns frees us. You know, it really, you know, I've been doing some, uh, studying with this yoga teacher and she always talks about, you know, we always think we want to go like higher, 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 higher up to the, up to the heavens. Right. But really rooting down, 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 down into what's really down there is really what shoots us back up mm -hmm. and into uh, something bigger and broader. So, you know, I'll just say to people, don't be afraid to dive right in to find those deeper traps and, and really be really um, thoughtful and loving to yourself about how they've helped you survive and then thank them and then mm -hmm. allow them to teach you and find out what's next because it's such a cool journey to, um, to really fully drop one of those traps um, and it just get so small in your life that you've almost forgotten you had it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that reminds me of what we were talking about in the previous episode about it's necessary to do some backtracking um, yes in order to move forward. Um, it may seem counterintuitive, you know, you think you just keep plugging forward, but sometimes you have to stop, go back a little bit. And that's, what's really going to shoot you forward. So true. I always often thought I built my life on air and I didn't really root. I didn't build the healthy roots needed, you know? So going back and doing that deeper rooted work is really what built the, the strength to be able to move forward and up for me, you know, and, um, and for clients, you know, we, we go there and it's good. So just, yeah, just, just notice that um, we survive the best we can. It's awesome that way. It gives us a lot of strengths, but there's another level of groundedness and rootedness and being here. That's just even more powerful. So just keep going. Keep yeah. Going learning. Yeah. Tell us um, how people can connect with you and also maybe get a copy of your book. And also I wanted to ask, like, if people want to work with someone that can guide them through this process, are you, the way that you work, is it um, like, is it just for people like in North Carolina or is it more like you're able to work with people through this process anywhere? Um, I would yeah. also like to know a little bit more about that. The inner counsel process that I use to help people um, grow their business, but also to heal, heal their uh subconscious survival traps, um, it, it works wonderfully non-locally. 
So you yeah. can do it over Zoom, you can do it long distance, you can do it in, in, you know, in groups. Like I have online courses that I use in groups and do pieces of it there to help people recover these parts and really embody them, which is so powerful for their business and their creativity and their life. And, and then, um, you know, one-on-one work as well. I do that as well. So I love, I love, I do some coaching and business coaching, but I also do the deeper healing work. So it's really, it's, it's a fun balance mm-hmm. to see that come together. Yeah, this is beautiful. And I'll talk to you about this after the episode, but I'm yeah. just thinking I would love to um, to hire you to be a guest for uh, my mastermind program, Forest Mind, because I love to invite people in to work with the members on exactly what we're talking about. So this is going to be perfect. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. It takes many gardeners to create the garden. Yes. <laughs> Well, I'm so happy I could be with you. Absolutely. And I'm so happy I got to share this information. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Yeah. And your website is drshannonsouth.com. The quiz, if they want to go straight to that, is sevensurvivaltraps.com. And then the book is Grow Your Business by Growing You, a spiritual entrepreneur's guide to maximum success, joy, and abundance. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for being here. You're so welcome. Thank you again. Thank you so much for joining me today. For episode 64, I continue on with my series on how to start a podcast where I share the basic tools you'll need along with my specific recommendations. The first episode in this podcasting series is back in episode 61, where I talk about basic considerations as well as highlighting some specific elements and resources. If you haven't yet listened to episode 62, I urge you to do that. In that episode, I began my conversation with Dr. Shannon South on how to heal your way to success. I'm truly grateful that you choose to join me here for practical, nature-based, magical support for your business and life. For more inspiration and to see what I'm up to, join me over on Instagram at Mountain Practice Journeys. If you're enjoying yourself here, please head over to Apple Podcast and hit those five stars and I'll be over the moon. And if you'd like to work with me, join me in Forest Mind, my cozy small group mastermind for private practice introverts, highly sensitive therapists, and solopreneurs who help and heal. May the forest be with you.